Hello and welcome to Sisonke Voices of Reason. My name is Kwezi and I'm really excited to take you on this journey with me. Sisonke is a platform where we meet and discuss issues that affect us as the youth with the purpose of sharing our experiences, views and beliefs. Here we will continue to have these conversations and get different perspectives from each other. I truly hope that Sisonke will help us heal from our known and unknown traumas and that we can become a healthier generation mentally, emotionally, and financially. Because after all, Sisonke, we are in this together, and we're more than just a community. We are family. Love and light. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to tonight's session. Tonight, we are discussing financial wellness and being financially literate or financial education, being financially healthy, etc. So, Being able to plan and track finances and making sound decisions when borrowing money enables people to make the best out of their income. So um, for tonight's session, my goals are, or rather what I hope that we can all achieve, is to learn to budget and plan our finances better, to have increased savings, to learn how to um, spend mindfully, to learn how to make better informed borrowing decisions. It's important to know your financial traumas and triggers. And I know previously we've discussed my traumas and triggers, but um, I was listening to a podcast the other day and I was amazed to find out, Guti, even financially you can have my traumas. How you were brought up and your past experiences can cause trauma and they affect how you manage and handle your money examples of um, how you might behave is by making decisions based on you could say so now I want to spend my money the way I want to or I'm going to buy myself anything that I want because really I never had anything or at the end of the month you might just lie to yourself and say yo I worked so hard so I'm going to spend all this money or you could compete with others and you would want to show off. A few financial stumbling blocks that affect us as the youth are, number one, materialism and wanting to show off, like I said, social media and peer pressure. Ah, (laughs) let's try that again. Social media and peer pressure, lack of financial education, choice overload, which means having too many options, unemployment, Uh, procrastinating and making excuses. E-research shows that 90% of the decisions that we make financially are emotional and they are not logical. So I think this was very shocking because I also, when I looked at myself, I was like, wow, when I spent my money, it's not like most of the time it's because it's because of the things I said that have to do with the traumas. It's because I'm being emotional. So what I want us to ask ourselves today is, are we being intentional with the way we spend our money? Or are we saying, and So point number one is, what do you guys think is the difference between financial wellness and literacy? Yo, quiz. This is starting to feel like a control test. No, just tell me what you think, when <laughs> Top of your head. I'd say the difference between the two is financial wellness is the state where you don't have any financially related stresses. And financial literacy is knowing the ins and outs of how money works. So you are briefed about how to 
manage your money, all the opportunities and risks associated with finances. And financial literacy can result in financial wellness, but financial wellness cannot result in financial literacy because you can have all the money in the world and then you would or might not know how you work. That's my brother, yo. <laughs> Does anyone want to add? I agree with what Shloni just said, even though I didn't know what the difference was. I had assumptions, but what she just said makes complete sense. Is there anything that anyone wants to add? Yeah, what Shloni just said is spot on. Um, I, I, I believe there's a thin line between the two because when you when, when you look at financial literacy, it's basically the skills, having skills to manage money. And wellness is your ability to apply that skill, according to my reasoning. So, in session here to tonight, are we learning to be financially literate so we can one day be financially well? Correct. Okay, great. Okay, cool. I'm going to move on to point number two and number three. I'm going to combine them. How do we spend our money and how should we spend our money? Um, well, it, it differs from level to level, uh, also from priorities, point of view, and responsibilities. Well, for me, on my side, I'd say I spend most of my money on my household needs. I spend it on expenses, not a lot on investment and savings. Uh, because now I have a kid and a wife and you, you know wives uh, they will let you go only when your money is depleted so that's that's how I, I spend my money on, on household a little bit on savings uh, how should we spend our money I believe that um, we, the principle that you must save first before you spend I think it's, it's what we should be uh, striving towards but looking at how expensive life is and our responsibilities it almost becomes impossible but it should be the end goal so you must first uh, have savings sufficient savings and then spend on whatever is left because I think personally I do it the other way I spend and then I save what's left because yeah hopefully by the end of the session I'll know how to um swap the two around okay, I'll go again so in terms of spending any money it's important for you to survive and take care of yourself first I know every book and everyone says that you need to start by saving and investing yes that's the ultimate goal like Sisu said but you need to take care of yourself first in the right way. You might be reckless and don't do it through emotional triggers, you said, actually. But you need to take care of your first, yourself first, do all the important stuff, and then that's when you focus on the savings and the investments. So the savings and investments are also equally important as the as the taking care of yourself because at some point you might find that you're stranded and then you don't have anything to fall back on because you were always focusing on taking care of yourself. Yourself. But the priority should be take care of yourself and be financially literate enough to know that there might be darker days like we've seen with COVID. Mm. So the the whole thing of saying you can't pour from an empty cup. Nala, my finances to say you can't pour from an empty cup. So you can't you can't save if your cup is empty. You need to first take care of yourself and put yourself first. I love that. Okay, no, I wanted to ask a question to Ushoni based on what he was saying. Me, my question would be: Isn't um saving part of taking care of yourself because you're still doing it for yourself and I'd like to know if I, 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 I sort out this this thing 
see you need to be take you need to leave and then save okay what you're saying is correct Mbusu, because they say saving is paying yourself first you're paying your future self so it's right but then you find people who overdo it and end up not taking care of their basic needs so you are right so we need to multi take care of yourself or rather save no take care of yourself before spending there's people who say I don't use any of my money yonge iaguma investments or yonge iaguma pyramid schemes or yonge iaguma savings maybe he needs to elaborate on what he means by taking care of yourself yeah focusing care of yourself is focusing on basic needs and survival stuff and then the reason why I said you shouldn't focus a lot on savings and investments is that especially when people start taking on the genuine financial literacy they think it means do not leave it means take all your money and give it to the bank or the stock market or forex or whatever so by taking care of yourself I've meant basic needs since we mentioned his household that's a basic need we needed a clarity on that someone else might think that taking care of yourself is spoiling or rewarding yourself for having mm-hmm. worked out the whole month and then waiting for your salary and I believe that you can't say you are saving when you have not bought groceries how will yeah. you then survive but there are people who starve themselves so that their bank balance may grow but I mean I, I don't know I'm not for that and I like the the having to explain what taking care of yourself is because really mean to me taking care of myself is being sexy eating pizza like Tando said Imali so when I take care of myself sometimes it's like Ish, okay I want to save this money but Tony and you know we might say I want to spend I want to save this money but Tony said I must take care of myself so I'm glad we clarified that now before GC 18 so the next point is what is the importance of budgeting do we budget and who what is the importance of budgeting I want us to also focus on the importance of budgeting and sticking to the budget because I know like personally I always have a monthly budget but I never stick to the budget I just have it so I know okay and this is the amount of money I'm going to spend but the sticking to my budget is the tricky part so budgeting is important and I know everyone knows what budgeting is it's important because you need to allocate your money and tell it where you want it to go instead of your money deciding for you so so the main important thing with the budget is to the first thing you need to do is to know the cash flow yeah you need to know exactly how much money you're getting in and you need to know from previous months and be able to track where exactly your money was going so that you can be able to budget properly and then by doing that you need to be realistic with your budget budget perfect if you know Uguti, you are uh, you like spending on takeaways then you need to set aside money for takeaways and you need to give yourself leeway on your budget if you know you like alcohol you need to do that from the start and then say you're taking so much money for alcohol or if you like everything you just say maybe uh, I've read about a 10% rule or you must take a 10% 10% of your salary and put it aside just for spoiling yourself so that you can be guilt free in whatever you do and that will also allow you to not fall out of the budget because you've given yourself leeway in terms of putting money aside for all the other things Um, as Sikhi said on the comments what is spoiling yourself is important so you put aside money for that and then from there onwards you do budgeting the same way you would put Putting money aside for all the policies, rent, cars, 
But the main important part here is be realistic and don't try and perfect the budget. Another thing I'd like to say is that the budget, you do it when the month starts or two weeks, three weeks before you get your salary. You don't do it a week before. Um, yeah, that's what I can share for now. Okay, thank you. Can I go back to my point of having a budget but not sticking to the budget? So how do I stick to my budget? when I? Because I know my debit orders like my budget is okay these are my debit orders this is how much i'm going to spend these are my whatever but how do i stick to it do i say each time i do something i go and i look at the budget and i say okay that's in my budget besides the whole being disciplined yeah, i want it discipline but practically how do i match my expenses to my budget okay when i of a budget normally it's maybe your pizzas and stuff like that i think those should also be added to budget the entertainment should also be added to budget that way i i, I don't think because already also budget for logo. It discipline again, unfortunately, because if you budget with entertainer, maybe 500, for example, then the discipline will stick to that entertainment. Realistic. I think it's important that keep people entertainment, keep it runway But if we are going to okay, the thousand lena causing a good runway, no shoes, you already have it, budget. Yeah, but you just need to make sure you see how me will bracket label if I give mad. Okay, thank you. I was I was thinking, um, you know, sticking to the budget, né? very few people mm-hmm. are able to fully stick to the budget. I think I've hardly come across people who would say I stick to the budget every month, you know, but I think it also goes to the practice being consistent in actually doing your budget. At some point, you will get used to the spending patterns because, I mean, if you've been reckless in your in your spending so to say for 10 months or for 10 years and then you decided to discipline yourself through budgeting it might Mm. take you a while to earn some of these habits so you must make room that for the first few months or so you will blow the budget but as time goes on you will slowly begin yourself in and then you'll be you'll get used to to actually working according to the budget and what Ushoni said earlier was is actually very true don't do your budget either on the day of your salary or a week before because chances are idle money is gone money you know so mm. at least it may figure if you get on a plan plan lakona said to us my figure you just just doing transactions taking it there taking it there and then on the entertainment budget side, I think include all your outings, your food, your, like your pizzas and all of those things. Your, I could put it all under one budget so that you can see how much you're ex- actually spending on fun activities. So if you, if you because if you separate them and say, um, let's say you say coffee dates and then you label it uh, hiking and then another one. But if you if you club them all together, then you can see it's like I'm spending 40% of my salary on entertainment related activities then you are able to mm-hmm. cut down or cut back but if you separate them then you might not see you would like majority of your budget of your budget is entertainment activities okay so we must stop this thing of having a budget here only the important things we need to so basically I mean I need to plan this well am I too late no I still have time for the end of this month I need to say this and this and this and this is everything that I'm spending my money on if it's not on this list I am not doing it and if someone says, let's go to what, 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 I'm like, nope, I'm not coming. I'm not about that life. It's not on my budget. And I should be intentional, even in the confidence even to say no. 
And also it, it helps me to set boundaries because I know exactly where my, my money is going to, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay, thank you. Next question. What is the worst financial decision you've ever made and how did you fix it? Yeah, I know I'll go first on that one. I made a mistake on my first month on the job. I applied mm. for vehicle finance and I bought a car. And mm. I bought a car while I had a, a car already, but it was giving me problems. So I'm saying I could have waited. I regret because I could have waited and, and be patient with the car or use tra- public transport while I saved up to buy a car cash. Because make no mistake, uh, car debt or installments, it's, it's a no-no for me. I wouldn't advise anyone who's, who's just started working because it limits you on your savings. So how did I go about fixing it? I didn't... Uh, do anything to fix it. I just got a promotion uh, at work. That's the only way uh, it was fixed. But were you not spending money trying to fix the skorokoro? The money I was going to spend on fixing it would not even amount to a third of the money I paid on installment. Okay. Is there anyone else that would like to share a short story of the worst financial decision they've made? Clothing accounts, buffet to clothing accounts. <laughs> I'm also there. <laughs> so when I started working in 2016, I needed the office way. And I had an idea but at that time I didn't afford to buy my clothes cash. Well, I thought I did not afford to buy my clothes cash. So my account, I had the account at CYDE, I had the account at Semester Prize, I had the account, I think it was, I think it was identity now, worst decision ever. Mm-hmm. And when you think I would buy a shoe, maybe for like 700, and remember there's interest. So I bought a lot of clothes and I gained weight. I probably wore those clothes for like nine, 10 months. That I decided to close the accounts. It took me two years. accounts. I had to cut entertainment. Yo, yeah. And the money that I was paying towards my installment now in my accounts. If even for because I bought a car after paying off those debts. Yeah. But mm. yo, it was hard. It was hard coming out to share. It was really, really hard. Sure. But and, and I only discovered later go to the site where you can buy clothes cheaper and resell. Super badly, so you can get smart discounts. Yo, yeah, shame. But those time, those days, I don't know. Those things were for the elite. They were not for us. In a very west and so I can relate. But for me, my worst decision was buying a laptop from Bradlow's. I actually still get triggered when I see either an email from Bradlow's advertising things or um, seeing the name Bradlow's anyway or <laughs> Bradlow's. Yo, 
Yo, that was the worst decision I've ever made in my life. I'm sure the laptop linga itenga it's it was seven thousand, but I think I ended up paying twenty thousand rand. And I remember I used to pay it in the installments that they wanted me to pay on. But I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I'm just going to sacrifice my whole bonus and settle this thing because I cannot do it anymore. And you know, when you want to settle something by Eta, I was like, I don't even care. I don't, I'm just going to close my eyes. It was too rent. But I was like, you know what? I need, because every time I looked at my credit record, I would just see bread loose, bread loose. And I was like, yo, 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 I hate this thing. I don't even know why I did this. I don't know why I would buy a laptop from a furniture shop. And personally, I don't even understand my interest rate. So even if you told me it was 50% interest, it would not have made a difference in my life. But for me, fixing it was saying, I need to settle this debt because and the salary I'm earning, um, I need to buy a bus ticket. I need to buy my child clothes. I need to buy food. See, my child was still young. I needed to buy food for the baby. So it was just a mess. Uh, but I sorted it out. Yes. Um, I was going to comment on what you said. I think for me, the worst decision was joining the gym. And I remembered this because of what you said, plus my interest rates and all of these things we don't know. So mm. I joined the gym and I only went for like probably two months and it was a three, three year contract. So mm. in the towards the end of the second year, so I was paying every month. I think it was like 250 or something. And the, at that time I was a student. So towards the end of the second year, I decided, okay, now I need to go close this account because obviously I haven't been going and then I went and when I was um when I wanted to close it first of all I didn't know what it was a three-year contract so that was also a mistake so I went there tried to close it and they told me no you still have like seven months or eight months to pay and then I was like okay no it's fine I want to (laughs) I also want to quit the gym And then I was like, it's fine. Can I just settle? And then when I said I want to settle, they said that they're going to add, like what you were saying, they're going to add like, I think 20% inches or something like that. So then it was, I paid, first of all, I paid for nothing the whole time. And then when I wanted to close it, now they bring out the contract and the fine detail that you don't even read when you're signing a contract. If you want to cancel before, um, your contract is over, then you must pay attention. So, Jay, when you want to um, get into these contract things where you have to pay installments and whatever, I think you just need to, meaning DJ Leguti, before I join the gym, I must be consistent in like exercising indoors <laughs> before I can join. Yeah, that is the worst mistake. And I fixed it by settling. Yeah, when I get gym, it's a very sensitive topic, that one, because even now, my mind is gymming for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the thing is, I feel like um it's a matter of like Cesar is saying he wants to to stop. But if I pay, then I'm going to go. But then you end up not going because you're like, ah, but I love myself. I love myself for who I am. <laughs> I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. <laughs> so that's what you were saying, but it's emotional more than logical. Yes. Because if if I was using my head and I was being logical about it, I'd be like, sister, there's a sports field at the flat you live in. Okay. You don't even go there for a walk. 
you don't even give your <laughs> like you don't even take the steps and you think you will leave the house and go to gym drive all the way to gym no babes you won't do that so yeah i think if we take away the emotion low 90 percent of the emotion then we'll make really good financial decisions and uh, the next question is what is the difference between investing and saving which option is better if there is an option that's better and can we like sit on this question so we can all understand this thoroughly? okay can i go yes yeah um i think here well it differs from person to person but it, it all depends on your objectives what's your objective for putting the money away um and also how quickly do you want to have access to the money you know so oftentimes with investments yes they are liquid but you know they are not as liquid as they would be under a savings plan you know like a cash savings plan made a fixed deposit or you know when you invest let's say you look at a money market account you look at um any share investment account or something like that it's you are not able to you don't have quick access to the money as you would if you had it in a fixed deposit account so it depends why do you want to put money away so if you want to invest if you want to put money away for long term for your future self then maybe investment might be a, a better option for you but if you want to put money away for let's say a rainy day you want to put money away for other options then yeah um to have quick access to it and you say when you have sort of an emergency account then a savings plan works better because then you are able to have quick access to the money so i think there's no better option it really depends on why do you want to put money away that's the one that guides you, you know, if you are focusing on wealth creation then i think saving like hard cash then i don't think that's the option you should go for but if, if the goal is not wealth creation or something then investment should not be the vehicle you go for either way so it depends on why you're putting money away mm. so we need to have an intention of why i want to save the money it could be both it could be one but why wouldn't you want to create wealth i feel like it's a single generation of wanting to create wealth so then i guess we should all be investing well sometimes your salary gives you enough comfort you know sometimes your your monthly paycheck is actually comfortable for you so you see no need to actually create an investment plan you know so mm. so um do you have any suggestions of where we can go if we want to look at options of where we can save our money or where we can invest? Uh, I think the first point of contact would be your, your bank, you know, just to gain understanding on the different products that are out there in the market for mm-hmm. you. Because it, it banks have, obviously, the, the issue is they will try to sell you their products, but at least you'll get an idea of what's in the market, you know, and they'll give you proper explanation on what each product um, speaks to, what each product is for, what it targets. So the first point of contact would be your bank, you know, so that you just get an understanding of what what is out there for you to put your money on. And then once you have that, then you can do a much more broader search, be it on the internet, you'll always find something around investments. Personally, (laughs) Cloney would would kick me for this, but I'm not a fan of... of, um, cryptocurrency but someone might be you know those of you who are fans look at that but it's not my cup of tea but you know i would suggest to look at other things like equities uh government bonds where you are like borrowing money to the state you know so you will get money back if you borrow money to your to a government chances are you'll never lose that money because governments will always pay you back so government bonds are also good investments almost some of the 
biggest countries in the world um, have bonds on sale. So you can always look at that and see how you can dip into that purse. But yeah, I think the, 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 the main thing I would say is go to your bank, you know, and say, I want to invest money. What options do you have? And then just let them tell you all of that. And then you'll come out much more or better informed than you were when you went in. So I can borrow money to the government. Is this the same government, 500 billion? Or is it a different government? Yeah, you can definitely borrow money to the government through buying government bonds, you know. Um, yeah, so every time you buy it, they have different packages. You'd find that they have a five-year bond, they have a 10-year bond, they have a 20-year bond. So basically what happens is, what happens is, when you buy a 10-year bond, you put in whatever amount you put in, the, 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 the scenario is that the money will mature after 10 years. So after 10 years, then they pay you back. You will opt whether you want the interest to be paid into your account monthly, annually, or at maturity date. So if you choose maturity date at the end of the 10 years, then they will pay you back your money plus all the interest you've, you've earned over the years. So yeah, that's what government retail savings bonds are all about. Wow, we didn't uh, personally. I didn't know, and I see Dineo also says the same thing. Shoni, I see your hand is up. Can I just add to what Mpumi said, ne? And I'll mm. go back to to the to the initial question, to the first one. So saving is anything. I'd like to put time to it so that it can be practical. Is I'd say saving. You'd want to save money for anything that you'd need the money for within two years. And that you'd put it in some way, like Mpumi said, some way the money is easily accessible. And that could be places like a bank. Ne? So you save for rainy days, like Mpumi said. If you want to go traveling, you save the money. If you want to buy a phone later on, you save. And then um, investing, that's when you want to get the best, the best out of your money. You want the money, your money to work for you. So Lapo, you're looking at somewhere three to five years. You're not going to need the money anytime soon. And yeah, before you start investing, like Ngumi said, you need to know your risk appetite. You need to know how comfortable you are with seeing the fluctuations and volatility of money. Boom mentioned crypto. Crypto is very volatile. There's people who's got like a high risk tolerance and they like seeing the money shoot up and then the next day shoot down, shoots down. Um, government bonds, they are very low risk, but if something is low risk, you know your money, your money is guaranteed, you're gonna get returns, but then the returns are lower than something that's high risk. But then mm. high risk means you might lose money at the same time. So yeah, the first thing before you start investing, you go to a bank, like Mpumi said, or you can teach yourself on the internet because we live in 2021 and find out what your risk appetite is. I can give you a tool for that, maybe quiz, and then you can share it for people to find out. It's a questionnaire, and then you find out what type of a person you are. Mm. And then, yeah, that's when you go for the different options. But from what I know is that it also depends on how young you are. And typically when you are a younger person, you'd want to go for higher risk investments because they've mostly got higher returns. And higher yeah. risk investments are things like equities, summer stocks. They've been proven. It's just that I don't have anything, mind you, like a graph to show. Stocks have been proven to have 
the best returns more than anything else. And then I'm a bonds there for like all the people who maybe might need their money in a shorter period of time compared to a young person. So they can't take that volatile mentality of a bond to or maybe after five years when they want the money, it's on its low. And I'd wanted to emphasize about a tax-free savings account. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, you know, but we, as as South Africans, we all have the government in, initiated this thing called the TFSA, tax-free savings account, to try and encourage us to save. So for every, it's not a savings account, it's an investment account, but it's called a savings account. So that's where you, you know, most for everything that you do, you get taxed. But for this particular account, all your returns, all your, your dividends do not get taxed. So my advice for everyone here of anyone would be, if you are looking to start investing, I'd say you should take um, that particular option because that's where you get the most out of your money. You do not outsource anything from it. Okay. So, Can so. we just um, please clarify, Uti, risk appetite depends on if you're young or old. Please define being young or old. What's it young? It doesn't depend on age. Your risk appetite depends on your personality. How you're going to feel about seeing your money doing those ups and downs. Mm. But I heard, Buti, because when you're younger, you have more time to recover. It's mm. easier. You take more risks because you're like, ah, it's fine. I still have five years. But if you're mm. 40, we are calculator and you're like, yo, ay, ay, ay. if I lose mm. this money, hey, I might be retiring in the next 20 years. So never mind. Ay, ay, ay. Let's not even risk. Uh, and I heard this, I think, from Nicolette Mashile. How do we avoid unnecessary expenses? Uh, can I just have a bite just for a few seconds on the previous uh, question? Eh? Yes. I think we really need to be careful when it comes to investing and what, what. I just saw some post on Facebook that people were putting money away uh, on mutual for years. And mm-hmm. when it was time for them to get their monies and their interests, they did not get any at all. So we really need to be careful of, uh, with regards to investment. Now, I also believe that you need to invest excess cash so that if ever your investment does not go right, I will ban your depression. Uh, one advice that I'd give to people that I've seen work for me and I think I'm going to go forward with it is investing in property. Um, it's easy for us to spend 3,000 rands on, on entertainment when we could uh, be uh, maybe financing a, a property which you can resell at a greater value than what you bought it. So I think with property, I will like a lot of cool. So that's, that's, that's something that I mean, I'm looking into uh, because whatever risk appetite I have, whether it's high or low, uh, property, I limited a cool. Uh, mm. So let, let's be careful where we put our money. Otherwise, don't depress it. Mm. So a property, for me personally, it always looks like it distant dream because i'm like yo where am i going to get so much money to buy an expensive house so how do we make it accessible for ourselves as a person that's earning like bare minimum because when you think of sorry you just think of a person owning a block of flats estelle tars or in kzn it would be in a let's just say umsanga and it's like you know this fancy place and the person will be paying 8,000 rands. So 
yeah please can you just elaborate on that how do we how do we make it accessible for us All or right. for us um firstly as when we say invest in property in Lopel, no it can't only be a house when i say property i include land you know these days everyone is looking for land if you have excess cash i believe we need to be investing in land because uh People everywhere, even businesses, are looking for land. And secondly, uh, I, I bought a forum house for around 300000 uh, It was financed. And when I sold it, I sold it for about 600000 When you take away the money I used for renovations, I, I profited 204000 just recently. Uh, so I'm saying this because I've seen it work for me. And how, how can you make that accessible for you? Uh, play around with your budget. Look at the things that you don't need, like your cell phone contracts. Some some of us are paying more 1.5 on cell phones, which is needless, really. And you can just check, within your budget. And then rather invest that in property. Uh, if there is a cheap house, you can put it up for renter so that there is income that is coming in. So I think for me, it's, the safest in form of investment uh, that they can. Okay, thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Don't okay. go. Pull <laughs> 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 me go first, and then show me after. All right. Um, I wanted to say, also, if you are looking to invest as a younger person, by younger person, I'm still saying someone who has maybe more than twenty years or more till retirement age. Now, um. Yeah, you can you you have room to be a bit more aggressive with your investment plans, and part of that I would say avoid things like ama unit trusts because okay ama unit trust is when banks let's say would create a fund where all of us here put money in that fund and then there's one person who's hired by the bank let's say a fund manager they control that purse that we've created, so they would then decide it's okay I'm going to invest ten percent of the fund in energy. 15% in, in, um, in, 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 let's say, retail property, and then 15% in mining and all of that. So those are good if for someone with a low risk appetite. You know, they are very good, those ones, because they also, they help, they shield you in the sense that when the mining sector is doing bad, maybe retail is doing well. So the retail will offset the, the losses of mining, but you don't really see large growths as time goes on. Yeah, but you don't see large growths. You don't see much of that. So as a younger person, I would say rather go for individual stocks. Like if you want to go to, let's say, equities, you go for individual shares, things like that, because then there's there's more room to play around there. There's there's better chance of actually growth and actually building um, capital growth than in the unit trusts. Yes, they are good, but they are much better for people. Uh, they are much better for people who are, who are towards their retirement age. Yeah, I just wanted to add on Caesar's point. Investing in property doesn't always mean physical property. You can always look at things like individual shares, like Bumi was talking about now. You can invest, like there's a lot of property companies in SA that you can invest in. And then you can sort of like get the feel for now. You can get the feel of being a shareholder of a property while you are looking at getting your physical asset because not all of us have the money to go and buy land and 
a house. I just wanted to, to also add that. If you are not there yet, you can also start with shares of a company so you can start the process and get the feel already. All righty. Thank you. So how do we avoid unnecessary expenses? You budget for them and you plan for them and you save for them. And you say no to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Because if it's unnecessary, yeah. why do I budget for it? Or maybe it goes back to being disciplined because when you have it on your budget, you'll see it's okay. Lord, this one is red. This one is taking me out of my budget. Or like Bumi said, if you group everything together and you're like, yo, I spend almost half of my salary on entertainment. Then you'll go back to Lama, Lama Entertainment, um, the list of entertainment and you'll take out from there because you'll be able to say, okay, this is actually not necessary. I don't need to be spending my money on this. So the budget is what's going to highlight what's important and what's not important. Yes, but it depends on the what's not important. If the what's not important is is you, you enjoy it, then just put it on the budget and then it's going to be important. And then it's <laughs> not going to be an, an unnecessary expense anymore because you've planned mm-hmm. for it. Okay. A quick bite oh, on sorry. that. Yes. Uh, someone helped me. Uh, actually, the the helper that works uh, for us or assists us, uh, she said that she cuts on things that she doesn't deem as uh, important. And what she does with that money, she puts it away. She adds on to her savings. And she taught me that, and it's working for me. Say I have a piggy bank now. Uh, if ever I check my bank statement and there's an unnecessary expense there. I can't say and that money that was going to that expense, bank. So save that money. Okay. You want me to cut McDonald's now? See, I, 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 I. cut it. Would you look at my belly, bra? But Tony just said we must look at what makes us happy, Jay. <laughs> Indeed. Easy. Uh, <laughs> every week I eat it once, uh, but once a month, guys. <laughs> it go it really goes back to the traumas hey because you're like yo i'm not saying this is what it was it's an example we used to eat beans every single day and now i need to still i need to, i need to start enjoying my money and then you start buying mcdonald's every day because you're trying to fill up that space there uh, because of the space the void that you had as a child or I used to go to school barefoot. So now I make sure that I buy sneakers every single week because it's like, it's necessary. It makes me happy. And the things that make us happy could, could be valid because we, we're feeling that void. So maybe when we actually, sorry, when you actually start realizing the traumas and the reasons why you make certain financial decisions, then it will be easier to say, okay, actually, I'm being emotional about this. Um, McDonald's actually is really not healthy for me. I'm already paying a gym and I'm not going to gym, but still here I am still eating McDonald's instead of me eating healthy. So let me just stop eating McDonald's completely so I can even see for myself how disciplined I am. So yeah, hopefully, I hope in a few months we can come back and talk about the, the changes that we've all been able to make financially so i'm going to move on to what is an emergency fund and why is it important and do i really really need to have an emergency fund 
and how do I find it? Um, can I go? Oh, okay. Go, Tony. An emergency fund is basically money you save for rainy days that will help you not find yourself in unnecessary debt because you needed money urgently. So an emergency fund is typically all your like it's your expenses for three to six months. It's not your whole salary. If you know which one are you you leave na five thousand, then you need to have at least fifteen thousand saved for rainy days. And it's quite important to have a list of what you consider as an emergency. And you, you don't just lie to yourself, OT, you need McDonald's now, now it's an emergency. Oh, yeah, you need to be like discipline because you need to know this and this and this. If it's not in your list, then it's not an emergency. And this fund also helps in case you lose a job suddenly or you get retrenched. Um, when you have three to six months of your of your monthly expenses, you are able to still live off for the next three to six months um, while you don't get into debt and while you're still trying to figure life out. And uh, an emergency fund, uh, it's very easy now to explain it because everyone has seen with COVID and how it has caused problems in people's lives. Um, you... How you fund it, I'd say it has to be a priority over everything else because if invest and you don't have an emergency fund, if you find yourself in problems, you're going to find yourself cashing out of the investments because you are having an emergency. So the first thing you need to start with is an emergency fund. Um, I also wanted to go back to Cesar's point, yeah, yeah, cutting down. I'll send you a name of an app or a link that helps you track your your expenses, like Mpumisit, and then you'll be able to see where you're going to cut down. And then you cutting down will help you know or will help you fund the money to important things like emergency fund. But basically, emergency fund should be first priority before everything else. Mpumi, before, I think Siswe is the one that wants to speak. Before you speak, I just want to say... I don't know if, because like COVID, COVID happened for the longest time. Some people that lost their jobs last year still don't have jobs now. Even if they had emergency funds, the money would have been finished by now. So how do I make sure that the fund sustains me for longer periods? Or is there no way, as long as I can survive for the first three months, I'll be fine. You see, with the emergency fund, I believe it's for unexpected expenses, like mm. Ushon has uh, mentioned. But I don't believe that emergency fund is sufficient for uh, some emergencies that may occur, like uh, death in the family. Now, I believe one way to to have a emergency fund long ago, human access is to take out life insurance for these people uh, for funeral cover. I, I believe that's an emergency fund because it's unexpected. And now where would you just get a man to, to, to fund all of those things? So I think those little insurances that we take up, for me, they, they work as the emergency fund. And sometimes, guys, we, we must just uh, learn to say no. 
to some things. Oh, sister, I will black check. So I'll mention this when, when we get there. But emergency fund, it can never be enough because you can save low 15,000, as Tony said. After three months, you find that you still don't have a job. How then do, does that emergency fund help you? It only helps for a few months. Mm. And hopefully, if you get you have access to your UIFs and stuff so that your emergency fund can still remain intact. Uh, but it, it, it really acts, I think for me, it really acts as a supplement when you, you are hit with unexpected, um, huge financial responsibilities, you know, which were beyond your control. And then you can dip into your emergency fund. But yeah, for, for, for sustenance, I don't think it would be enough to do that. Mm. And then when do I replace the money? let's just say let's not use the the unemployment situation let's say a hospital my my medical aid is not going to cover the whole hospital bill so I'm going to take from my my emergency fund I'm still healing because I was sick and maybe I was in hospital for the longest time do I do it slow do I start from scratch or do I need to feel pressurized to say yo I don't have the emergency fund anymore, so I need to make a plan. Let me pull, let me just take half of my salary and put it back in because I need to have this emergency fund. Or can I do it slowly? I think Caesar can maybe take a jab at that first. Uh, I have <laughs> do it slowly, Cece. Unless next month after that emergency, getting your bonus. Yeah, one. But mm. there's also this hospital covers. I, I, I'm not a fan of, because we'll end up covering everything up to covering mm. our toes and what, what. So you can't cover everything, guys. I believe that we, we need to cover uh, the most important things like about funeral cover, maybe yes, hospital cover if you're a sickly person, about, because they pay out on a daily basis. Maybe they pay you 1,000 a day for the days you are in hospital. So that should help as a hospital emergency cover or emergency fund. But mm. you, you'll recover you can't strangle yourself. Okay, I'm going to move on to our favorite topic. I'm kidding. A black text. We discussed black text uh, last week, but I wanted to bring it in Google topic because it also it affects how we manage our money. So with everything being said, how do we handle a black tax? For me, um, I like what Zilu said last week, but you have boundaries and you tell them that you have a specific amount and then beyond that, <clears throat> sorry, beyond that, there's nothing you can do anymore. And I think that's literally and basically how you can go about it. Because like that, it is about, and you'll be able to control your finances. Okay, so set bound, setting boundaries. I agree. But I remember someone was saying, was asking last week with you, how do I set boundaries to my dad? How do I tell my dad no? But really setting boundaries is not easy. So yeah, I agree. Can we move on to the next point? Yeah, but I think Suzu wanted to say something earlier when he said learn to say no. Unless he doesn't want to say it anymore, then I... I wanted to remind us, which Majishi last week said, our no needs to be confident. And one thing, guys, uh, you know, when you have money to to help out, help out so that when you say no, they understand that uh, it's, it's not possible right now. 
So, Banga was dingy, Mundu Vale, who's always dingy. So, let's let's learn to have a confident no and then uh, tell them we, we have goals. And speaking about your goals, it helps them not to expect a lot. And the thing with boundaries is people end up being used to my boundaries, Ako, and people learn to respect your boundaries the more you, you instill them. So if if confident, then someone is able to try and convince you or feel like, okay, maybe this person has the money, but they're still considering. How do we avoid making debts? Uh, I think here, okay, debt is not such a bad thing, guys, but I think there's, there's, there's also limitations to it. Um, there are some debts that you cannot avoid. There are some debts that you need to have in your arsenal i mean if you can leave cash uh, debt free as a cash person go ahead by all means that's the best alternative but if you cannot be moderate with your with, be moderate with your debt but try and not to have your debt over 50 percent of your disposable income so to say or 50 percent of your salary um, at least make sure that 50 percent of your salary can fully cover your debt on any given month you know never go beyond that try and keep maybe your debt levels at let's say below 30% if you can, but don't go over 40, you know? So yeah, I think try to, to balance that out because yeah, the risk of running your debts over 50% is that then you, you start flirting with, um, <laughs> with a debt crisis where you find yourself really struggling. So yeah, I think that's what I would have to say on that. Basically, good debt is called debt that you take in order for you to make the most out of it for instance um you you take debt to buy a house and then with the intention of renting out the house and then the tenants of the house the rent covers the monthly repayments of the house but then it's not always guaranteed would he you'll always get tenants Sometimes you get unforeseen circumstances where you stay three months, six months without tenants in the house. I'm not saying this out of experience. I'm saying it out of listening to people always talking. So good debt basically is taking debt so that that debt can make money for you. And then debt is taking debt um, so like so that you can't leave anymore and you just leave for that debt. But we need debt like Mpumi said, as long as it's controllable. Just to come in there on the word of advice, Nick, I, yes, um, it's important that as we live, we set targets and goals. And after setting those targets, once you've reached that target, it's also important to take a break and spoil yourself because saving too much can also depress you because when you save too much and forget to live, you will feel depressed. So whenever you have a project, after completing that project, you need to take a break. Just for example, for now, you know, we're busy renovating our house and we've been renovating even our previous house. And it got to a point where I felt like hey, man, I'm, I'm leaving for renovator in and we decided, no, now we are taking a break and we are spoiling ourselves. So it's also important to reward yourself after meeting a target. It encourages you uh, to meet more targets so that you can look forward to your reward. Thank you. And I read something interesting about my goals. Someone said that usually we don't, did I, I think I said it already. I'm not sure. Um, usually we don't meet the goals that we set because you set the goals 
based on things that you should be doing, not things that you want to be doing, but because in society, if you win at 25, you should have one, two, and three. You set the goals based on that. Or if family, you should do this. Or because you have a child, you should do this. Or because you are now a graduate, you should do this. Or your employer is expecting certain things. So when we are setting our goals, we need to be mindful of the reason why you are setting that goal. What is your intention? Are you setting that goal because of things that you have to do? Or are you setting the goals of things that you want to achieve and things that you will achieve? Because that's what determines how motivated you will be on achieving that goal. If you feel like I need to do it or I have to do it, then it's going to be like, ah. You know, when you have to do something, you, 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 because you're like, ah, I have to go to work tomorrow. Ah, but if it's optional, then you wake up in the morning because you want to do it. You wake up in the morning and you do it because it comes from within. So just to add on Caesar's point, I need, I think it's important to be mindful of the intention of uh, setting our goals. Does anyone have anything else to add in closing? I do not really have anything to add, you know, so I just want to say um, very, very informative session. Um, I think that most of these things are things that we have, maybe all of us have heard over um, the years, but hearing these things is a good reminder that it helps us um, listen, um, it's good to have such talks, especially on um, such topics. Um, I think it's also nice to have it with people that no, no, are around the same age as you, because then you realize it's, it's not like we're talking, even though Sizwe sounds like you know, he's rich already, Sizwe, but... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. is buying houses and he's building and he's selling and he's renovating but it's also motivating to know we we are in these platforms with people like this <laughs>